This is Stories from Palestine podcast. And my name is Crystal. I'm your host. I live in Palestine with my Palestinian husband and my children. We live in Beit Safafa. This is between Jerusalem and Bethlehem. And I study for a tour guide program at the Bethlehem Bible College. And every week I do a new episode focused on history and cultural heritage and sometimes interviews with inspiring people. You can find all the episodes on the website. The website is storiesfrompalestine.info and you can also find the podcast on all the common podcast players. If you listen regularly, you may want to download one of these players on your phone. Then you can subscribe or follow the podcast and you will get a notification every week when a new episode is online. I always finish every episode with my children teaching you a new word in Arabic, so keep listening until the end. And today I want to start with a shout out to the people who have supported the podcast with a donation on Kofi. That is where you can buy me a coffee or a falafel sandwich, and you can easily chip in so that I can keep producing this podcast without advertisements. Also, I have my first podcast swap. Woo! It basically means that I'm going to promote somebody's podcast and then she will promote mine. And I really do recommend listening to this one because I'm really enjoying it. It is a podcast by a woman called Tamara. She has traveled as a solo female backpacker for almost 30 years. She's been in 76 countries so far. And she takes us on a journey traveling from Paris to Cape Town. She's very natural. She's very descriptive. She gives you a lot of information and t talks about personal experiences. And she has a great laugh. So it's really nice to listen to her. She has not been to Palestine yet. So I'm hoping that she's listening to my podcasts. And when the world opens up, will come and visit us in Palestine. But every week on Thursday, there's a new episode, a new part of her journey. And her podcast is called Many Roads Traveled. <music> Today's episode is about music instruments. I talked to one Palestinian music instrument maker in his workshop, and I talked to three musicians. Kena'an Roul, he is a professional oud player from Al-Quds, Jerusalem. He accidentally walked into the workshop when I was setting up for the interview, so it was a very lucky moment. Fadis Ishaq, he is a professional nay player from Beit Sahur. And Shafiq Al-Sadi, who is a professional kanoon player from Bethlehem. And of course, you can enjoy the sounds of their instruments in this podcast. So let's dive into the world of Palestinian music and start with a visit to Arif Said's Music Instrument Maker Workshop in Beit Sahur. Hi, Arif. Hello, welcome, Christian. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Welcome. Thank you for having me in your beautiful music instrument workshop. Thank you, and thanks you that you are here today. You are welcome. That was really beautiful. 
And that was really surprising because I didn't expect that I will hear any ode today. I thought I will just come to speak to Arif a little bit about the instrument making. And here comes in a very, very, very good oud player. Can you just tell me a little bit about yourself? What's your name? And since when do you play the oud? Where are you from? My name is Kanaan Ghul. I was born in Jerusalem, in Silwan. I have been playing for 20 years. I started learning music and oud playing in Edward Said Jerusalem branch from eight years old. I play professionally for 10 years. I have been playing in the Jerusalem streets. I was the first one who played music in Jerusalem streets. And I started my own oud music school. And I have also a group, like a band, they play for kids. We like composed the whole Palestinian curriculum from first grade to sixth grade and composed all the, what they call poets in the curriculum. So from first grade to sixth grade, we composed all the poems. And now I teach in the schools Arabic language with music. So students, they can remember the poems uh, through music. This uh, music piece I did now, it was improvisation on the spot. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Usually I play in restaurants, weddings, concerts, halls, everywhere. What I'm always curious about, is there a difference between old music from different countries and can you say if there is a, something very specific about oud music that comes here from Palestine? The oud uh, now it's more word instrument it's ethnic musical so you can play the folk music on it the good thing the oud you can play anything you want on like I play word music I can play jazz I can play rock music from Palestine at Fusion actually because uh, there is no particular school that we are uh, belonging to So you can play anything you can feel. So we are an occupied uh, <laughs> country, so you can uh, express your feeling through it. The music schools, uh, the oud schools, let's say the Iraqi schools and the Egyptian school, yeah, you can say there is schools there, but here يعني, it's more about world music and fusion music because it's Jerusalem or and Palestine, it's more uh, international place that everyone can come to. And even the musicians, the Palestinian musicians, they kind of, they live outside, all of, let's say more than 70% of the most famous Palestinian musicians like Simon Shaheen, Ahmed Al-Khatib, Tria Gibran, they are all outside. Their music is fusion. So you can say there is a Palestinian school or a Palestinian oud school. So we are free to do whatever we want and the place, the space is open. At least you are free. It's a free country, we always say. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> a free old country. <laughs> With this kind of playing, I reach like some place called the flow state. And the flow state is the ultimate creativity when you are, you are not thinking about the space and time. Wow, it almost sounds like a meditation. Yeah, like Sufis or people who are meditating and they reach a place where they are not thinking, where they are not worrying, they are not analyzing, they are just being. Like uh, one yeah, kind of my personality, I meditate a lot, so it reflects on the music. Wow, I wish that I knew you before. <laughs> That's good that I come here today. <laughs>
Ada, we are in your workshop today, and um, when I came inside, I I was a little bit shocked because I just realized that you have changed a lot here. It's become bigger, and you have a lot more space. Uh, one space is filled with the, all the tools that you need to make the instruments. And this uh, room here, you are uh, constructing it. It's under construction. What are you doing here? This is my um, next project. Like today, you come here and you met Kanan in this workshop. I will do th that for uh, many people also. They can come to my workshop. They can know much more about a music instrument and how we build it and all steps that uh, the music instrument passed. And also um, to be more close between the um, maker and the musician. Because I, I am also playing instrument, but if I do an, an instrument only for me, maybe Kanan, he will not like it. Or maybe uh, other people will not like it. But if we are close together and I hear Kanan and other uh, musicians, what they think about the music instrument, I will have it much more ideas about uh, how to make and how to bring in you for him. And this is my idea. Yeah, it's like a meeting space, like a salon where people can come together, they can play together, but in the same time, you can hear how they play, what is their style, and then you can customize the, the instrument to their needs, basically. Yes. So, Arif, can you tell me a little bit about how did you become a music instrument maker? And I started learning music a long, long time ago. And at the same time, I was uh, working in uh, wood and everything in wood, uh, this material, I, I like it. And my family also, my father, grandfather, they was a wood maker. They do furniture and something like that. And uh, in one time, uh, I, I found it, uh, some problems in my instruments and so on. I have uh, some experience in uh, wood making. I tried to fix for myself. I success I need to, to do something. And after some time, a friend of me, they asked me to help him to fix an instrument and so. And I, I thought and maybe it will be a good work for me because I like wood and I like music at the same time. And I start looking for where I can uh, study to, to make a music instrument. So then I, I start in Italy in Cremona School, uh, Antonio Stradivari. Institute in uh, in Italy, and I finished the diploma there. After I I moved uh, Germany to Westhochschule Zwickau, and after to Istanbul to Technical Istanbul University. Also, I I get some experience about Oriental instrument, wood, canon, and something like this. Yeah, this this is the beginning. <laughs> How many other instrument makers are there in Palestine, or are you the only one? No, we are uh, a few music instrument makers. We are like six, seven people. Most of them, they work uh, in wood making. And one, two person, they do violin. And me, I, I do different kind of instrument. Violin, viola, cello, and the oriental instrument, uh, oud, puzuki, and kanun. And I am the only Palestinian who do kanun uh, instrument. Can you tell us a little bit about instrument itself, about the oud and about the wood that you use and about what makes it so specific, the sound so specific? I studied the uh, instrument making uh, in a classical way, very classical way, how they do it before 800, uh, 1000 years ago. And it was a basic of me to, to learn how exactly they do it and which wood they used and which technique and how to to do the sound also in the beginning i do it all my instrument in this way but look the the today 
people is different. The music is different. And I have to, to bring him something in you. 300 years ago, it was no modern music. It was no rock. It was no uh, many kind of music. And today, like Canaan, for example, he's uh, <laughs> a good example. Yani. He plays jazz on the oud. He's play uh, rock on the oud. We play different kind of music. I have to bring him an, an instrument. He can really express himself. In general, all kind of food, I used it in my work. But uh, there is different level of quality for the wood. That's, uh, and it's really difficult and hard to find the good wood in, in Palestine. That's why I have to bring it always from Europe or from Canada, from India. In Palestine, we have, uh, we can find some old furniture and they do it in, in, in this work and it's some good wood. And I found it really a nice pieces that I can do very nice instrument and the the work is old like two years three years but the wood old like 100 200 years and this is a very very special uh, pieces of wood i know that you did something new for the kanun and i'm gonna speak also with the shafiq and let him play a little bit um, but i know that you did something i think it was a new invention can you explain that Yeah, and uh, I spend it a lot of time in kanun uh, work because uh, the kanun is very, very old instrument. And I think it's uh, the most difficult instrument that to build it. It's need a lot, a lot of time and uh, energy and uh, so, and it's need different uh, people, uh, they, uh, different pieces and different people. They work in one instrument. The bigger problem, it was always with the musician, the piece of leather in this uh, instrument. And this um, part that, that the string stand it on, and when you play, do vibration and give it to the soundboard, and so the sound is come in this way. And this piece of leather has always problem because, you know, in the natural leather with temperature and with the um, weather, always it's move. It's, and when you have humidity a little bit up, it will be down. If you have humidity down, it will be the tuning up. And in a few seconds, it can be changed the tuning of the, this instrument. And me, I, I, I have this idea long time ago that to change it the leather and to use it only wood in this instrument. And I start looking for another instrument, how they build it. It was a good exam for me, like piano or clavicembalo or uh, this instrument, how the mechanism of the sound coming from this instrument. And uh, I start discuss this idea with different friends and so And we, we, we arrive yani, to some solution. And I said, okay, I will do the first instrument to, to have it like prototype or to, yani, like uh, research. So we do the first and we have it really good result. And from this result, we have it a uh, complete, clear idea. And we, we do it other instrument also in this way. And now I'm waiting just time because I'm, I have uh, different projects here to, to finish. And after I will product this instrument and to give it for more musicians to play it. I'm going to just walk around your uh, workshop a little bit and describe for the audience what I see. And then you can continue with Ganan. <laughs> Because going up the stairs here, there is a room full of machines 
there is a laser machine where he can make all the designs and decorations for the different instruments. Oh, I'm getting into another section here, and it's full of instruments. There are three oats hanging. There is a big cello. There's lots of cases, music instrument cases. And going out to the left, I can see wooden pieces in the shape of an oat. But this is part of the electric oat that he is preparing. Yeah, and then here there are more machines, cutters, and uh, oh wow. There's a lot of small pieces, long pieces, that all together, if they are bent, they will form the backside of the oat. And there are little pieces that will be used for the soundboard to uh, decorate it. There is a smell of wood here. Really nice uh, <laughs> smell. Yes. Can you introduce yourself? You are a Palestinian. You are from the little town of Beit Zahur, which is close to Bethlehem. And you play an instrument that is called the Nei, that I don't think a lot of people know what it is. So who are you? What is a Nei? And why do you play the Nei? Oh my God, the Nei. The Nei has been like, it's one of the oldest flutes that still exists nowadays. Probably dates back to 5000 BC. Probably more even. That's very old. Yeah. Wow. It used to be played by women priests. So it's it, it was never trusted for men at that time. Because ancient Egypt was more of a matriarch kind of state instead of patriarchy. And that's why they used to play it. The women priests used to play it to summon the gods. So it's really a very powerful instrument. Can you describe it? Because I think that people who have never seen a nai, they have no clue what it is. It's played in 45 degree, sounds like this. It looks complicated because you have to your lips, they are in a special position exactly. in order to get the sound. And you know, uh, what has drawn me really for this instrument, I, I used to play different instruments before, like clarinet, uh, euphonium, um, but really I quit everything and I wanted to maximize the potential of this instrument. And what really drew me is the effect that it reflects back the sound that you play. So it's the only wind instrument that most of the sound gets from here. So if you put the microphone, you should hear as a singer. So once you blow, you get back half the sound to you and half the sound gets back to the audience. 
In opposite to other instruments yeah. like clarinet, it's fully outside, it's out there. Whatever you express goes out. For this, no, it reverse back. So that's why a lot of uh, Sufi traditions like in Turkai and in Persia, they use this instrument for self-exploration. As a matter of fact, the wow. Sufi master sends the pupil or the beginner to the forest and he said, take this nay, once you make a sound, you get back to me. And then the student asks him, okay, I made a sound, what's the point? Then he says, okay, now you're in it. It's like, <laughs> now you started uh, your journey. You know that I have a, a nay, a very simple one that I bought somewhere in Ramallah once on a market. And until now, I have not been able to make any sound of it. So my journey didn't start yet. <laughs> I can help you. I can help you. <laughs> and how many holes does it have? Usually the common one is six and one in the back, seven. For me, because I'm playing in jazz music and uh, I'm not just playing in Arabic music. It's an Arabic instrument and... I had to put some extra holes, so I went to Egypt to an instrument maker, and he invented some new holes for it. But still, it's not fully chromatic, oh. because it's the oldest instrument that still exists nowadays, so still you have to, to manipulate it to get most of the sounds. So I do some techniques like... I bend it like that. Really, the whole body plays a role in playing it too. Hey, and where did you learn to play the nay? It's the only instrument that I nobody taught me. So totally self-taught, yes. There is no school in Palestine where you can learn no. it? In Palestine, West Bank, no. Is it not a popular instrument? How many people play it in the West Bank? Probably five to ten, like really professional but you have also another players which uh, we call it shababa it's a different kind of nay uh, which is more related to shepherds playing which might be interesting for you it's really a smaller version of the nay i can show you a little bit it's probably like this a little bit smaller has some oh, yeah. lesser holes yeah and the shepherd just sits in the field and plays it for the sheeps And that's also how Palestinian people relate to Ney, or mostly the Levant people. They relate by playing to shepherds, and of course they relate to Arabic orchestras and Umm Kulthum, but a huge part is this rhythmic playing, which like... very groovy. Yeah, and it's it's nice to uh, imagine that you are from Beit Sahur, which is known to be the place where the angels came by night to tell to the shepherds in the field that Jesus was exactly. born in Bethlehem. The whole setting is perfect for this kind exactly. of instrument. They are, they are my grandfathers, uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's in your genes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and so you taught yourself how to play the nay. And then uh, I know that you recently, you were in the United States. What were you doing there? Because you were doing something with your nay there. Yeah, I, I took a challenge since three years that I want to really push this instrument, push its boundaries and really maximize its potential. Because I couldn't just believe there was a stigma behind it that it's just a simple instrument. And 
people used to see me playing uh, in jazz music here and they told me why not to go to a side flute, the Western flute. So I was a little bit stubborn on this. So I, I worked really intensively on it and applied to a master program called uh, Global Jazz, which is in Berkeley College of Music. I got a full scholarship and then went there for a year. It was it was a blast. I mean, it opened up the whole horizon for me musically and I was able to perform with, with uh, world-class musicians. They loved the Ney. They wrote parts, jazz parts for the Ney and... They made me perform along with trumpet players. So it was <laughs> something, you know. Wow. I, I also recorded my first uh, album there, which is also a jazz Ney album. It's a mixture. We can mold music also. By the way, you can listen to it online. It's called uh, Tripolarity. Where it's can on we Spotify. Listen? It's on iTunes, uh, Amazon Music. We will put links in the show notes of the podcast and on my website, storiesfrompalestine.info. So what is it that you took back from uh, your experience in America and what are you planning to do now when you are now back in Palestine? The first thing that comes to my mind is that probably everything is possible. Daniello Perez, which was the leader of the program, is such a... When you meet him and you get to know him, he just shows you that you can do everything, which was exactly what I what I wanted. And he had a very interesting way of teaching, which was more mentoring. So I was relating a lot to the told you about it, the Sufi tradition. He was mentoring us like, go do that and get back to me, you know, this kind of things. So I would love in the future that I open uh, an A school here in Palestine where people from all over the world can come here and experience this kind of journey where they learn music and they still can can discover whatever they want. They don't have to play Ney also, but, you know. Wow, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, I think that because it's such an unknown instrument in the West, and yeah, I think that people can discover through it not only the music, but also a part of the history of the land where this yes. instrument is from. And it's very interesting that you were mentioning about the shepherds, but also that it goes back to the Egyptians and that it was a yes. women's instrument. I recently yeah, discovered I like this and I was really <laughs> yeah. surprised. I mean, it makes sense for me now, actually. It makes more sense. I think you become one with an instrument at some point. Maybe you are discovering some things in yourself also totally. through this instrument. And this instrument is a beast. I mean, if you're not okay with yourself, you will not play good. At least this is how I feel. Like, wow. Because it intensifies the feeling that you have. So if you're feeling sad, you can feel double sad, which can be beautiful. But if you're not okay with yourself, then she can show you the, your feeling. That's what you said about basically yes. the reflection that it yes. gives to, to yourself. It's exactly. almost like a mirror. Yes. Do you mind to of play course. a little bit for us?
Nice, Faris. Wow. And what what is the instrument made of? It's, it's bamboo and 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 especially sugar, sugar cane. So do we have that in Palestine? Uh, we have that in Jericho, but mainly we 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 make it uh, from Egypt, from Syria, and from Lebanon sometimes. Is it easy for you to bring an instrument from there? Mostly, nay players love to try their own nays before playing it, because there's only few uh, instrument makers that know how to make a tuned nay. I myself, I go to Egypt, and I have like a full set because if I want to play with an Arabic orchestra, you need certain intonation. So you have like a, a neigh for each key. So like you can see, I have I have twelve probably. So see, so are just four different. Well, yesterday, when I walked into the music instrument shop of Arif, and I saw Kanaan Rul there, and he was playing, he picked up the the oud. And he started playing very popular music. And you are doing the same, using an old traditional instrument, but playing very yeah. modern music. Is that a new trend, you think, in, with young generation of Palestinian um, musicians? That's an interesting question. I've been asking myself what's, what's happening. Probably musicians just, they want new experiences. They really want to, to explore something new. I myself, I both want the, 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 the new experience, to experience new music, but I also want to, to make the Naya a global instrument. Like really make it compete on a very high level along the other flute cultures, which are extremely strong. Like the Indian flute culture, the Bansuri and the classical Western, the side flute culture. So why not the nay? I mean, that's that's my motivation. Ah, you're on a mission. <laughs> and you are stubborn, so I think it's going to work. I wrote an arrangement for, for four uh, nays together, which I think is, is the first to happen. It's also on my Instagram. You can check it out. So I had some flute people yeah. writing me like with yeah, doctorates and they want to play the arrangement. So probably they will, uh, two or three quartets might record it. So that's for me a success, you know. So I'm going to post the link to your social medias uh, on the, my website and Thank then you, I would people can that, check yes. out everything you did in the, um, yeah, I think they will love it. Well, thank you very much for uh, no. giving me your time and some music in our ears. Thank you, Chris. And now we will go to our last guest, Shafiq Al-Sadi. He is a professional canoon player. Shafiq, hi, how are you doing? Hey, hey, I'm good. Thanks for uh, having me. I want to say first to you, Mabruk, because that means congratulations in Arabic, yeah, because yeah. you just got married. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. You thank came you very much. to Palestine to get married, but you are now back in Sweden, where you are doing what? I'm doing a master's in world music and improvisation uh, at the University of Gothenburg. Wow. Yeah. And since when have you been in Sweden? I came here last year, September 2019. And yeah, this is my basically my second year. And it will be two years in total? Yeah, it's a, it's a two-year program. Yeah. And How is yeah, Sweden? Like, it feels really good to be back here. I feel like more uh, refreshed and more energetic to work on my music again. It's, yeah, just amazing to be here. Yeah. And your instrument is called the? Uh, the kanun. And uh, do people in Sweden know this instrument? 
familiar among musicians, but yeah, not very much. So it's interesting for me to experience like uh, playing for people that are not used to hear the instrument. And it's also a nice feeling as well to share my musical background and the instrument with, uh, with my friends here. Can you explain to people who don't know what a kanun is? What is this instrument? What does it it's, look like? Yeah, it's a, it's a zither-like stringed instrument, and it's a kind of plucked zither. It's actually a unique instrument with uh, with a bright timbre and really wide range of sound colors and pitches. And it's it's a traditional Middle Eastern um, instrument, then considered as one of the main instruments of the classical Arabic ensemble. So it's one of the oldest instruments in the world. And the word kanun derives from the, the meaning of the Arabic word kanun, which means law or rule. That's why it's like traditionally the kanun was like the center of the taht sharki. Taht sharki means like the classical Arabic ensemble. So all instruments were tuning their instrument on the kanun. So and the, the the kanun player was like kind of the director or the leader of the of the ensemble, and it was compared uh, as kind of the piano of the Arabic music, you know. Because when you play the kanun, you have a it's a kind of a triangle shaped board with a lots of strings, and then there are these all small metal pieces that you also I see you changing them with one hand and it it's a little bit I would compare it to what I know a harp can you compare yeah. it to a harp yes yeah yeah it's um, it has the mechanism of the the lever where you where you use these metallic levers to change the pitches and it's trapezoidal shape gives it that dimension for the sound where you can also use the left hand to to change the pitches, which which kind of creates the maqam, which is, maqam means in Arabic, an important place where you start or you build your music based on that maqam. Yeah, so these levers uh, are really important where you kind of start the foundation of the music or the composition or the taksim. Taksim means improvisation, where you build your improvisation on those maqam systems. It's a it's a it's a very interesting system uh, of yeah of approaching music through through this habitual kind of patterns of pitches using that maqam system. Is it an instrument that you only play to improvise on, or are there actual compositions? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's actually traditionally the improvisation was which is called taksim in Arabic, classical and Turkish as well. It's called taksim, which is like the preparation for the theme of the main melody. And of course, the kanun was also playing as a solo for improvisation, which is taksim, but also playing the main melody in a monophonic style, not the harmonic style. So, so basically, the traditional Arabic playing is based on model music, which is all playing the same line kind of together, more or less. So, uh, yeah, of course. But my personal approach on the, of the instrument is more in, into improvisation. So I, I try to kind of find my own personal voice on that instrument, but of course trying to kind of preserve the soul of it. So, so of course, I can, I'm trying to play, for example, jazz repertoire, but sometimes I feel like I'm missing my, the roots of uh, where I come from, like as a musician, to play like traditional tunes, but sometimes 
I add like the elements that I learned from other cultures or other genres. So I think I feel like the instrument has lots of potentialities that I'm now discovering this and I'm trying to like yeah find new ways of playing them. Yeah. It's so interesting because I was talking uh, the other day to yesterday to Faris, you know Faris is Ah uh, yeah, of course. About the Ney, and the yeah. day before, I was in Arif's uh, music instrument workshop, and we were talking. And then Kanan Rul entered, uh, and yeah. he started <laughs> playing for me on the oud. And yeah. when I heard the three of you, I find it so interesting to hear that you are all coming from Palestine, from the same, let's say, tradition, but you are all mixing a lot of styles with yeah. these traditional instruments and for me it really symbolizes what palestine is mm. which it is a place on the earth where lots of people came and went empires came and fell traders came married yeah. brought all their influences so instead of one what uh, did canaan uh, say there is no really a Palestinian school of music. He mm. said there is an air like the Iraqi school or the Egyptian school. Yeah. But here it seems in Palestine that you guys are just taking some of the tradition and open to mix it with other. Yeah, yeah. For me, like my like my sense uh, musical project, if I can call it, it's like how to use my instrument, having kind of an open space where I can explore sounds and. But at the same time, there's something that's bringing me back to the traditional Arabic sound. And it's interesting to kind of blend both. And we are living in a, in a, in a very intercultural time where we listen to, uh, to different kinds of music. So it's interesting to, to use the, the, the knowledge that we get from, like, from different experiences of listening, playing, and, uh, and yeah, of course, like the, when I'm asked, like, what is the Palestinian music? It's hard to answer that because we are, we were at some point, you see Palestinian playing Lebanese repertoire and, uh, you know, Lebanese playing Palestinian repertoire kind of more as an Arabic one nation or I can say like one nationality playing in the same musical direction, if I can call it. When you were young, did you know from the beginning, I want to play this instrument? What drew you to this instrument? Like when I was a child, I there wasn't so much of possibility to, to get exposed to like concerts or seeing more like, you know, that like music wasn't a central focus for, for people. Like at, at that time, it was the, the second and the father when I was a child. And like the central focus of people is like the survival, like, you know, it's the, like the... I feel like my up upbringing in, a, in the occupied Palestinian territories has been, of course, a big influence on my decision. So I started feeling like this instrument is being a kind of um, a means for exploration and resistance. But at that time, when I went to, to the conservatoire to just have a look at the instrument, and the conservatoire was like establishing a new department for the canoes, there wasn't a lot of canoe players, so uh, some teacher came from the northern part of Palestine every week to come and teach me and other two students, so we, we were very limited amount of canoe players, but when I saw it, it's like the first time, it's like the love from the first sight, like, I want to play this instrument, <laughs> and yeah, I didn't even know what was it called, actually, I was like, I want to play this, and I forgot what I, like, named it, maybe I named it cello or something, <laughs> I didn't know, <laughs> just it's just, I want this instrument, yeah. <laughs> hey, and uh, when we were in Adolf's workshop, he showed us that he did a new 
invention for the canoe to not yeah. use leather. What do you yeah. think about this? I think uh, it, this is revolutionary, actually, for the instrument. What Dar is doing is like a real jump for the sound of the instrument and the material used for it. We were all the time struggling with the tuning the canoe because of the natural levers that were kind of affecting. And, uh, you know, the tuning has always been like fluctuating and not stable. And this method that Arab has explored and uh, and shared shared it with other, like with all canoe players in the area is really great. I'm happy like to, to see that this is coming from Palestine, that that invention and that like uh, creativity in sound and design and like I'm, I'm just really how can I say it I'm really impressed of this new invention of uh, the canoe that Arif has has done. Yeah, we are really proud of him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we are all proud. All canoe players, I think, will be proud of that uh, uh, invention because you know. Uh, when I, I used to teach, and when, when I was in Palestine, I taught for seven years, and I was struggling to really have a good canoe to teach my students. And when Arif started, like really, like working, and he produced amazing canoes, it really affected the learning process for the students because they have good canoes now to play on, you know. And I think this is really amazing. Yeah, my, my last question, and then we would like to hear some of your music, is how important do you think music is in the Palestinian context? It's really important. For me, it, it has changed my life. Uh, and at some point, you know, the best thing any parents would do in a, in a country that has a very shaky political uh, and security life, like the central focus of people on, you know, the central premise, is the survival of the physical body, but we forget about the soul, we forget about like the, the essence and the, the, the significance of our story and heritage and culture that would be much more powerful than anything else. But I, I understand it's really difficult to be a Palestinian and work in art because, you know, there's no much money put into culture and art. And, and like, I mean, the Palestinian government is not uh, really... Uh, having enough resources for that, and I feel like it's really needed. Especially when I started teaching in refugee camps in Palestine, and I, I found how impactful and how powerful music is. Because I, you know, I've been like following the following the same students for six years and seeing the, how they they are developing in a in a way that this is how we build Palestine. This is how this kind of projects are really needed to uh, to grow actually to grow together in a, in a harmonious way and in a way that we uh, we build our rebuild kind of our culture again together with the new generation so i wish uh, i wish there would be more cultural investment in the for the palestinian people because it has changed my life me personally and i would love to go back to palestine and and uh, contribute in some way for the people there and do whatever whatever can be done. We are waiting for you. You just <laughs> finish your one year in Sweden and you come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or maybe I can teach via Zoom now. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. The corona pandemic also opened some sort of windows on the digital of life. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So but in a year or so, you will be back. Fadis came back after his time in America. Yeah. And we have a lot of great musicians in Palestine. And I think you're right. Like the, These people are important to build the country from the cultural perspective, because in the end, music and art can be also used in any struggle for justice, for righteousness, for equality. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to listen to uh, some of your music. Thank you very much for being here, for sharing some love uh, for your instrument. And where can people find you? On Do you have a Facebook page, an Instagram? Where do they yeah, hear your yeah. music? Uh, if, you, if you search my name on, on uh, SoundCloud, Facebook, uh, Instagram, YouTube, you will find some uh, of uh, my recordings. And I will be launching a solo album soon. Yeah, I hope that you will feel love and peace in, in the music. I will put your um, social media links on my website, storiesfrompalestine.info, and on the Facebook page so that everybody can go and search for it and listen to your music. Thank you yeah, very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Today we uh, learned about Palestinian music, but how do you say music in Arabic? Musika. And how do you say music instrument in Arabic? Alat musikia. And how do you say I play a music instrument? Ana balab alat musikia. And now, for example, I want to say that I play the oud. And is there another way that you can say that? So you can say Can you say that because mama's uh, pronunciation is not very good? Can you say musika? Musika. I love music. Shukran Hadi, Shukran Louisa. And next week, other words in Arabic. I want to thank all of the musicians and the music instrument maker again for their time. You can find the links to their social media and how to listen to their music on the website storiesfrompalestine.info and in the show notes of this podcast. Or if you use Facebook, you can find Stories from Palestine Facebook page and I'll post all the links there too. 
And I think they would really appreciate if you listen to their music, enjoyed it, leave them a review or even download their music, buy their music. That would be a great financial support also. And if you are enjoying listening to Stories from Palestine podcast, you can also help by sharing the podcast with others, people you think might enjoy it, by writing a review or sending me a message. You can send a message on the Facebook page. You can email me. You can register for the mailing list so that you always get an update when a new episode is online. Or you can buy me a falafel on ko-fi.com slash stories from Palestine. And all this can be done from one place, from the website storiesfrompalestine.info. And that's it for today. I hope that you enjoyed listening. You can enjoy listening to more music of these wonderful musicians. And tune in again next week, Monday, for a new episode of Stories from Palestine. <laughs>